You're listening to episode 24 of the Sick Mom's Guide. Welcome to the Sick Mom's Guide podcast. If my mom can do it, you can too. I'm Jen Hardy. I'm the mom of seven children. At the date of this recording, their ages range from 6 to 28. I'm married to the man of my dreams, and I have multiple eclectic chronic diseases. Throughout this parenting journey, I've come up with systems and ways to handle juggling it all while staying positive and moving forward, even when my body's pushing back. I've created this podcast because I believe that if we start opening up, stop being ashamed, and ditch the guilt, then as a community, we will make each other stronger. Thanks for joining me. I'm recording this episode in the summer of 2018, and it applies to any time. So if you're listening to it not in the summer, that's okay, because unfortunately, stress can hit us at any time. A lot of my friends right now are going through a lot of stress. They're going through anxiety, depression. It seems to be hitting everybody really hard right now. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the heat or what's happening out there, but everybody that I talk to seems to be struggling. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm struggling with it too. I've been really down the last few weeks. My episodes have come out on Fridays instead of Wednesdays because I'm just really struggling. And I thought, you know, there's got to be a way for me to help lift all of us up, myself included. And I was talking to my husband about it. And he said, well, you know, you wrote this book called The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. Why don't you read part of your book and share part of that with everybody and share the reasons that you wrote the book? So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to tell you why I wrote this book. And it is because I was so sick for a while. In 2014, I spent six separate weeks in the hospital. I had four teenagers at home and two children under four. And I could not get out of bed. Our bedroom was in the garage. Well, it had been the garage. We turned it into a master suite. But to get from there to the house, I had to go up five steps I couldn't get into the rest of the house because I couldn't even walk up the five steps. So for four months, I was in my room. I couldn't go see my neighbor. My husband had to wheel, put me in a wheelchair to wheel me across the street to see my neighbor. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything. And nobody could help me. Nobody could explain to me how I could be a parent when I couldn't get out of bed. We had it was kind of funny. We had a line of camp chairs around my bed. And when my kids' friends would come and visit, everybody would sit in my room, which at first they thought it was really weird, but then they kind of got into it. And we'd watch movies in there. We do everything in there. But I thought, you know, this isn't the kind of mom I want to be. How in the world can I be a better mom when I don't feel well? And I found a lot of blogs and things out there. I know now that there were some positive things, but I couldn't find them at the time. And I just wanted a place to go where I could hear about, yes, this stinks and it's hard to be a sick mom, right? I mean, there's no sugarcoating that, but we have to try to stay positive because a lot of our health depends on our state of mind. And if our state of mind is not good, our health is not going to be fantastic. You know, you don't see a lot of these super athletes and all this kind of stuff being like sulking in the corner, right? They are 
up and out and moving and working and their bodies are in such good shape and they're focused on the goal. And so I'm going to ask you today, what is your goal? What is something that you can focus on that you can accomplish so that you have something that you're moving towards? Something very realistic, maybe something you could hit by the end of this week, not a five-year goal. Okay. I'm just talking, set small goals for yourself and reach them. Give yourself accomplishments that you can hit so that you can feel successful. Because even when we are in bed or we're on the couch or we can barely do anything, we can do things. Maybe a goal is I'm going to read a book to my child every night, or I'm going to make my child laugh once every day this week. Those are goals that you can do no matter where you're at. Okay, unless you're in the ICU, in which case your goal is to get through it. And that is a very realistic goal. Okay, so moving away from there, we'll talk about this book a little bit. Um, We're going to start today, I'm going to read in chapter two. Chapter two's title is stress is a five letter word. Because we are all so stressed out. We're trying to get from one thing to the next to the next. And we feel totally overwhelmed. And stress is our body's way of preparing for battle. Like back in the caveman days, when a person would have to quickly prepare to fight something deadly. And that doesn't sound fun, right? In today's world, we don't have wild animals springing out at us. But the constant daily grind of financial woes, work, getting the kids where they need to go, constant illness and pain, and surprises that occur on a normal daily basis slowly build up stress inside our bodies. Stress is known to contribute to illness, and if we're already struggling with our health, we need to do everything we can to alleviate the stressors that we can. So how do we combat stress? Well, I'm going to start first with breathing. This is the first thing that I talk about in this chapter of my book. And if you're driving while listening to this, do not close your eyes for this exercise. But if you're not driving and if you're somewhere safe, try closing your eyes. You're going to slowly take a deep breath in through your nose while you count to three, and then exhale slowly through your mouth while you count to three. Do you feel a little bit calmer? When you focus on breathing and counting, you're not thinking about anything else. Not only are you taking good quality breaths of oxygen, but you've given yourself a quick break from worry. And you can do this if you're out and you're starting to get really stressed out. Step aside for a minute and do a few of those breaths, counting into three, counting out to three, and see if that makes you feel better. You can also count to three while you breathe for an extended period of time. Slowly count to three while you breathe in, and slowly count to three again while you breathe out. Feel the warm, life-giving air filling your lungs and the negativity flowing out with your exhalation. And you can just keep doing that until you feel better. Now there's another thing that I have in here called feel better with three minutes and a mantra. So you think about a mantra or a phrase that makes you happy. Something like I am loved or today will be fun or I can conquer anything or I'm in control. Any other phrase that will make you feel empowered. If this makes you feel silly, then this might not be the exercise for you. Or maybe you just don't say it out loud or go to a quiet place where you won't be interrupted, which is really hard to do because It can be anywhere you're comfortable. 
If everyone hangs out in your bedroom, you can use a walk-in closet. You can go in the bathroom and lock the door for a minute. As long as the little ones are safe, it's okay. Set your timer for three minutes. Focus on your breathing in and out and say your mantra. Just say it slowly over and over. You're empowering yourself and at the same time, you're blocking out the stressors that keep cycling through your brain. So let me know if you do that. I would love to know if that helps you because it really helps me if I can remember to do it. So I literally wrote a book that I have that in and frequently forget that that is what I need to do because brain fog. That's why. Brain fog is all too real for me. And if you don't know what brain fog is, then I am so happy for you. But for a lot of us, when we have chronic illness or chronic pain, sometimes it's just hard to think straight. It just things get wiped out of your memory that you definitely feel like you should remember. And it makes life a little bit more difficult and harder to focus. But I think a lot of that too is caused by the stress. So if we can remember to stay de-stressed, it'll be better. Now the next step, this is definitely not something that you're going to do when you're driving. Don't try to grab a piece of paper. But when you get home, or if you're at home, you can get it all out in 10 minutes. So you're going to take the stress reduction a step further get a pencil and three pieces of paper. You're going to set a timer for 10 minutes and brainstorm all the things that stress you out. It might look overwhelming at first and it's okay because I'm going to give you a plan to conquer it next. So 10 minutes, turn this off, set the timer, write everything down that you can possibly think of that stresses you out. Okay. When the timer beeps, you're going to go back to that list I know it's overwhelming, but it's going to be okay because the first thing you're going to do is transfer the things that stress you out that you can delegate to someone else on another paper and you're going to set that aside. So as you find things you can delegate to other people, cross them off and put them on another paper. Then you're going to go back to your paper and circle the things that need to be done first. This should be a short list. This is just the things that absolutely have to happen. It's not like reorganizing the drawer or folding the towels in the right way. This is just, I have to do this. My child has to go to the dentist. I have to make my next treatment appointment, those kind of things. You're going to give yourself a treat when that list is done. Okay. So what you're going to do is the things that you've circled, you're going to write those down on the third piece of paper. Okay. If you know you're giving yourself a treat for finishing them, it's going to help you. Having a reward at the end of a tough job can be just as satisfying to us as it can to our kids. So you have three pieces of paper, one that has things circled and crossed off and a bunch of stuff left on it. One full of things that you're going to tell other people to do. And one is the list that you need to focus on. Okay. So you're going to take your original list now with just the things that can wait on it and you're going to put it into a drawer where you won't lose it, but you don't have to look at it until you finish your urgent list. When your urgent list has been completed, then you're going to pull that list back out of the drawer and you might find that some of those things don't really need to be done anymore. Or maybe you can cross some more of them off. Maybe you can delegate some more. Maybe you've gotten some more accomplished. Maybe there are things your kids can do. Okay. But you can slowly work through completing them. Because once you get to that point where you have so many things in your mind that you have to do, 
sometimes it can make us freeze and unable to do anything, even the things that we really need to do. So try that and see how it works. The next section here in this chapter is a peaceful home is a happy home. Now, if your house is in chaos, you're going to be more stressed. For me personally, my house is the outward reflection of what's going on inside my head. I know it sounds weird, but it's true. When I'm stressed, I spend a lot of time worrying and spinning my wheels. My house does not get taken care of and its messiness stresses me out. Then the mess gets bigger and I don't want to deal with it. It's kind of a a bad cycle because the more stressed I am, the more mess I have. And the more mess I have, the more stressed I get. And since I don't have a self-cleaning home, the cycle won't stop until I make the decision to relax, focus on a plan of action, and follow it. Thankfully, the scenario doesn't happen very often for me anymore, but every once in a while, as I work 12 hours a day trying to get the podcast out or trying to do things, it'll creep up on me. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and ask, do you have your household running smoothly? I know you feel like crap, but how long has it been since someone got a vacuum out? Do your kids help out at home or run screaming when you call them to help you? We're going to run through a few simple ways to control a bit of the chaos. This chapter could be its own book, but we're going to keep it short and simple, just enough to de-stress. Also, I'm going to say that today has been the tail end of my feeling monstrously bad. And I made the decision today that my house is not going to look like it has looked for the last few weeks. And my room which should really be my sanctuary, our bedroom, should we where we walk in and we feel peaceful and tranquil and maybe have a waterfall running or a candle going and just feel like we're in a spa in our room. If your room is the dumping ground, I highly recommend you undump it. So today my kids really wanted to play video games and I really wanted my room clean. And I didn't have the energy to run all the stuff. I had a pile of stuff all over my dresser, my husband's dresser, of all the things that had to go somewhere else in my home. So what I told my kids was, if you take everything that I tell you, where I tell you to take it, then when my room is completely spotless, you guys get to play video games. It worked out great. They would run a couple things to one room, come back and get a couple more. I tell them where to put them. They knew that they had to put them in the right spot or they couldn't play their game. So they did. And within 20 minutes, this mountain of mess that had been completely overwhelming to me for realistically, it's been at least a month now, is so wonderful. My husband came home and walked in and you could just see the weight lift off his shoulders when he walked in our room today. So I encourage you, if you can't do a lot, focus on the space that you're in the most because that is really going to help you feel better. So outside of your health, your energy is your most valuable possession. And I encourage you to treat it like gold. We can't control everything in our life, but we can control much of what happens in our own homes. If our homes are peaceful places, then everyone in them will feel better. But if they're utter destruction and chaos, the people in them will be stressed and sick, both physically and emotionally. If you need more help, it's going to be in the next book of the Sick Moms Guide series. So stick around because I'm going to have a whole book devoted on how to get stuff done when you can't get off the couch. But for now, I've got seven steps to create harmony in your home. One, surround yourself with the people and things that make you happy. Number two, get rid of things that don't make you happy and just add to clutter. So if great, great aunt Sally has given you a huge ornamental thing that's sitting there in your living room and you cannot stand it, 
it is okay to let it go. Okay? Or maybe you have gifts from people that now upset you. And every time you look at that thing in your house, you think about the person that bothers you. Well, then get rid of it. Or maybe there's something that other people think is ugly, but someone special gave it to you and it makes you feel good. Then put that sucker out in the other thing's place because it's your home. You can do what you want. Make it look good. Make it feel good. Okay, step four, teach your children to help put their things away. We'll get to more of that later. Step five, decide with your significant other, if you have one in your home, who will do what to keep your home looking nice. If you have someone that you live with and you haven't had this conversation and you feel overwhelmed in your house, it's a good conversation to have. Not you never pick up and you always make me upset. Not that kind of conversation, but just, hey, what can you do? What can I do? How can we work this out so that I know that X thing is going to be done by you and you know that X thing is going to be done by me? It takes away a lot of the stress. It does make some people feel like they're under more pressure, but if as long as it feels balanced to both people or they know that the other one is doing all that they can, if you're in a good relationship, this should be okay to do. Six, if you're not good with paperwork, I know a lot of us are awful. We have papers everywhere. Well, personally, we do have more papers around than I would like to have, but have a box for your paperwork. If you cannot take care of it immediately, you'll be able to find it later. We're talking anything. So when your mail comes in, if, if you don't need it again, throw it out. But if you do need it, put it in this box. Someone comes to repair something in your home, put the receipt in this box. Any piece of paper your kids bring home, put it in the box. Is it filed imperfect? No, it is not. But here's the thing. When you need that paper later, guess what? You just have to go through one box and find it instead of looking at all the little places that you might have shoved it in before you got the box. So it does make it a lot easier. And last but not least, create a written or visual schedule for their kids, for your kids so that they know exactly what's expected from them. So if they're younger, you can put print out little pictures, print out a paper with little pictures, and you can say like, this is what I want you to do in the morning. This is what I want you to do at night. If they're older, obviously they don't need all the details written down, but write down what you expect from them. Because for a 16 year old boy, just because you think in your head, he's going to take out that garbage every Sunday night, doesn't mean that he's going to remember. Because let's be realistic, it's not a priority to him. Okay, and I'm not just talking about that specific incident, but anything like that, it might be your priority, but it's not theirs when they're kids. So let's not get mad at them anymore for not knowing what they're supposed to be doing. Write it down, put it on the fridge or something, and let them know, hey, this is what's expected. And if they just can't seem to do it, tie something that they enjoy doing into it. So this is what's expected. And you can watch TV, play video games, use your tablet, have your phone, whatever, when it's done each day. So it's not a punishment if they don't do it, you're rewarding them for doing it, but they don't get the reward unless it's done. Okay, life is much easier if you don't have surprises flying at you like baseballs from a pitching machine. Isn't that true? Think about it. Sometimes I feel like that. I'm standing there without a bat and I'm getting all these things pitched at me and I don't even know how to combat it, right? 
So look at your calendar every evening and prepare for the next day. That's a hard thing to remember. This brain fog thing that I talked about makes that super hard. So for me, I do have a physical calendar on my refrigerator so that other members of my family can see what we're supposed to be doing in case I forget. But I also have the reminders in my phone that remind me before everything's going to happen. So I at least have an hour to get ready if I had forgotten about it before. So mornings can be especially difficult when you don't feel good. I am not a morning person. If you start off the day in peace, though, you set the tone for having a great day. So at the night before, at night, if you're not a morning person, okay, set out everything you'll need for the next day. This may sound silly, but trust me, it can make your life a lot easier. For instance, put out the breakfast, the cereal, the bowl, the spoon, not the milk, nothing that'll get yucky overnight. Set out clothes for everyone. Remember the socks and shoes. Isn't that awful when you get up in the morning and you've got to be somewhere and then somebody can't find a shoe, right? So make sure that you've got it together. Put your keys, your purse, your money. If whatever you're doing the next day requires tickets or passes or ID cards, have those. For the kids, if it's a school day, make sure you've got their backpack, their books, their papers that are due. Make sure you have your library books or anything like that, red box that you have to return if you're checking things out like that still. Because that way, when you wake up in the morning, you can just grab and go. And even if you are a morning person, you know that you can just relax and enjoy the kids through the morning and nobody's being frantic, searching on your way out the door. It means you're going to have a much happier, calmer and stress free way to start your day. I encourage you to hang up a large whiteboard in a common area in your home. It may not be beautiful, but it is a great way to communicate. I always have one hanging up in the middle of my house. You can write your daily schedule and future plans on it so everyone knows what's happening. Teens, and especially boys, will write on it when they don't feel like talking. I know in our house, we've had two teen boys, and sometimes they just were not in the mood to talk at all, but they'd make little notes for me, or they'd doodle little happy things, and it was their way of communicating with me when they weren't up for talking very much. So the art of distraction, replacing chaos with happiness. Do you ever get caught up in the pain and discomfort you feel? Do you ever go get overwhelmed with all that goes into taking care of your health needs? Do you have a lot of stress in your life? Do you find it hard to let that go and just relax? Do all these questions really stress you out? I'm sorry. Now I'm going to share a simple and fun way to focus on better things. It's called a distraction. And I discovered it quite by accident because of my insomnia. My brain wants to go a million miles a minute when it's time to sleep. And I used to lay there for hours and not be able to get any rest. So here's why distraction works. I'm exhausted, but I'm also a mom. So at night, when the house gets quiet, my brain goes into overdrive, thinking about all the things that need to be done. I used to keep a pen and paper at my nightstand to write the things down, but then my brain got creative and waited until I was laying down with the lights off to go nuts, dishing out the info. So finally it hit me, fight fire with fire, or in this case, fight words with words. So for me personally, a nice historical fiction book is perfect. What am I talking about? Am I reading in the middle of the night? No, I'm talking audiobooks. They interest me enough to get my brain engaged, but it isn't stimulating enough to get my brain too excited to sleep. I also like to listen to the same stories over and over, so I know what's coming and I don't stay awake to see what happens. I set the story to play back at 0.8 speed, so it's slow but clear and not choppy. 
So how do I get these books? Well, you can get Audible. They have the newest quality read books, but the downside is that you need to pay for it. If you cancel later, you do get to keep the books you bought, but I'm on a budget and I am kind of cheap. So I like this app called LibriVox. It's a free app. The downside is that all of the books are read by volunteers and sometimes the quality reflects that. You can also get paid books there if you want. I've got mine set to just show free ones. But my hands down audiobook app winner is called Overdrive. You connect your library card info with the free app and you borrow audiobooks, just like you'd borrow books from the physical library. Fun fact, you can also download movies and ebooks from there. But that's for another time. We're trying to sleep here. So you set up your app, you choose and download your stories way before bedtime. Because otherwise you'll go down that rabbit hole and you'll be looking at books for the next two hours. You're going to download them into your app. So if your Wi-Fi goes out, you can still listen. Lesson learned, my friend. It's happened to me. If you sleep alone or your spouse doesn't mind, listen through your phone speaker or another speaker that's right next to your bed. But if, like me, you're with someone who prefers silence while they sleep, just I just have some Bluetooth headphones wireless please so that you don't have wires wrapped around your neck. Another great thing for when you're awake and you're in pain or you're overwhelmed and stressed is to watch a movie or TV show with subtitles. It's another way of distracting your brain. It might sound silly, but when you're watching the movie and you need to focus on reading the words, your brain just does not have time to think about other things. I discovered this quite by accident when I was going through Netflix one day and I stumbled upon a series called Velvet. It's a soap opera shot in Spain, and they speak beautiful Spanish, which is very relaxing for me to listen to. The episodes are over an hour long, and I binge-watched three seasons in less than a month. I was having a really rough time, something I had never done before. I was really struggling, and I was in a lot of pain then, but when the show was on, all I could think about was the characters. I highly recommend that if you're going through a rough time, because not only does it distract you, but it's fun me time. It can also help you learn a little bit of a language, which is an added bonus. I'll tell you, Velvet isn't very family-friendly. There's some things in there I definitely would not let my younger kids see. So if you find one that is family-friendly, you can let your whole family watch it with you. It can be something that makes you feel better and gives you family time. So it's a win-win. Another thing I want to talk about is play. Playing with the kids as often as you can. Do your kids come up to you and ask you to play with them? Do they look at you with that cute little pouty face and a handful of toys? Sometimes it's really tempting to say no when we don't feel well, but next time I encourage you to say yes. When kids play, they completely submerge themselves in what they're playing. They literally become the characters that they're pretending to be. The next time they ask you, say yes. Play with them. Get into character and have fun with your child. They'll thank you for it, and it just might make you feel a lot better too. Why? Because you've made them happy and you focused on something and somebody else. Plus, playing can be fun for us if we let it. I'll be honest with you, I love kinetic sand. Kinetic sand, Play-Doh, tactile things like that make me feel really good. Also, oh my goodness, here's a great thing to do. There's a YouTube channel. It's called Art for Kids Hub. I will have a link to that in the show notes. This thing is amazing. This man draws with a Sharpie with one of his younger kids and they use a Sharpie and they draw 
just about anything. And my six-year-old son can draw things the likes of which I never would have thought I could draw because I still draw stick people when I'm not using art for kids hub. But we sit down together and while we're focusing on that art, I'm not thinking about me or my illness or my pain. I'm thinking about how to get that Han Solo guy drawn the right way or the animals or any character you can think of. It's amazing. So something great to try out, even if you think I am not into art. Well, try it because you will be able to draw amazing pictures. And guess what? You're going to teach your kids through that, that they can draw them too. And they're not going to have the hangups about drawing later that people like me have. So focusing on the positive isn't always to do, but it does always make us feel better when we accomplish it. So if you have a hard time getting around, come up with creative ways that you can play with your kids. It might not be crawling on the floor. You might be on the couch and pull the coffee table over and play on that. You might be a hospital table like I have and pull it over to one side of your bed and set up toys there. I love my hospital table. It's like the ones that you have in a hospital room where it has wheels on the bottom, but it slips over the bed so you can sit in your bed and and be on the computer or eat or put a board game there and play with your kids and you're comfortable and they're with you and you can cuddle up and it's awesome. If you want to have more fun, think back to when you were a little girl. What games did you have? What toys did you enjoy playing the most? Were you a princessy girl with dolls or did you like to play sports or both? Well, find some of the things that you used to enjoy and get them and play them with your children. I don't know why we don't think of this as adults. Buy the toys that you want to play with instead of the things that your kids want and you think, well, I would never want to touch that. Well, you know, get them some of the things they want, but get some things that you want, okay? So if you're feeling like you're thinking about doing these things and it sounds like it would help your stress get lower, but you don't really feel happy, tune in next week because next week we're going to talk about finding your joy because you can be chronically ill and be joyful simultaneously. But it's important to know that people with chronic illness are more likely to suffer from depression than generally healthy people. If you feel like depression is an issue for you and it's serious, I encourage you to find some help for that because it's going to make every aspect of your life better. So that is all I have today about stress. As I've been reading this book that I actually wrote and yet have forgot some of, it reminds me all the things that I can do to go have fun. I can say that I have been playing more with my kids. In fact, yesterday, I got down on the floor with them, which I barely ever do. And we played Lego. And it was fun. And I built this little eco house and it had solar panels and huge batteries in the back that it was charging. I just they were not the real pieces. I was just making it up. And it was so much fun to me. I went out in the kitchen. It was 1230. It was after our lunchtime. We had played Lego for two hours. And I didn't even realize it. To me, it felt like about 15 minutes. So this really is something that I do. It it is something that I encourage you to do, especially if you just have been feeling rotten and down. And sometimes if we can make other people feel better, it makes us feel better. And who better to start with than your kids, right? Because if they're whining at you and fussing all the time because they just want mommy and they're like, meh. And that sound makes you just want to crawl up the walls, then take some time, focus on their needs, 
and do it in a way that you enjoy, you're going to feel less stressed. Thank you for joining me today. I am so glad that I have you to talk to, and I so hope that I'm a help to you. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you like it. Go into iTunes or whatever podcast app you listen to and subscribe. That way you're going to find out about your joy next week. Also, you'll find out about every other episode that comes on. If you are feeling lonely and down and like no one gets what it's like to be a mom with chronic illness, I encourage you to go to my group. It's still on Facebook. I'm still working on getting it moved over. But my IT team is my husband and I and we're working on learning these things. So talk about a little bit of stress. We're trying not to be stressed and do it calmly. But right now you can jump on over to Facebook. The group is chronically positive moms chronic chronically because we are chronic, right? Positive because we're trying to stay positive and mom because we're moms. Anyway, jump over there. Say hi. Join us. We can all talk together. There's an amazing group of women over there. They are so awesome. And you can find out more things at jenhardy.net. We're also transitioning over to a new website. So all kinds of new and exciting things going on over here. I would love to hear about what new and exciting things you've got going on too, because we all need goals. Like I said at the beginning, goals and accomplishing our goals are what make us feel really, really good. So if you need a small baby step, super simple goal, spend 30 minutes playing with your child. There's your first goal. See how that goes. Let me know because I really do love hearing from you. Thank you again for joining me today. Our music was A New Day by Scott Holmes, and I look forward to talking to you next week. 